Welcome everyone to Business Growth on Purpose. My name is Jose Palomino. I'm CEO of Value Prop Interactive. And it is my great pleasure every week to be interviewing experts from around the world, owners of other B2B businesses, and sometimes just sharing some of my personal insights from decades of helping businesses grow on purpose. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. In today's episode, we're diving into the crucial world of talent assessment, specifically for hiring top-notch salespeople. In the world of owner-operated B2B businesses, finding the right sales talent is pivotal to your success. Our guest today is Barbara Spector, an expert on identifying, acquiring, and developing sales talent to drive your revenue growth. She shares with us what she looks for when she helps businesses upgrade their sales teams and reignite their growth. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Barbara. Welcome to Business Growth on Purpose. Nice. So nice to see you, Jose. Well, Barb, uh, just for our audience, if you could just give us a little context on what you do mostly. I know you do a lot of things, but what you mostly focus on and who do you do it for? Sure. So, um, I've been in business for 28 years and my whole focus has been to help. I'll give you the overview first. Mm -hmm. My whole focus has been, how do we help organizations and corporations to hire, develop and keep top talent on purpose rather than by accident? So it's funny that in your tagline, you use on purpose also. That's been ours as well. Okay. Um, For the last 10 years, we've been focused on the sales arena specifically because there are so many issues going on inside a sales organization. So we do a combination of things. We do a a sales force effectiveness improvement analysis. Um, We might call it an assessment of the whole sales team. Okay. Uh, But that's actually the name of it, what we do. Better known as a uh, sales force MRIs, but I like okay, to call it. Sure, I like it. All uh, right. I'll explain why in a few minutes. Um, we do sales training uh, and we do higher sales, very powerful sales assessments for hiring salespeople. Okay. All three. All right. Wow. So, so as it relates to sales talent, getting them, checking out what they're up to or how good they are, or, you know, where their strengths and weaknesses are, and then skilling them up if necessary. It's that range of things. So that's exciting because one of my favorite topics is like, I'm an old sales war horse, you know, and I enjoy when it's done on purpose. Again, mm-hmm. that, that's a that's a really intentional uh, phrasing because I find that a lot, of, a lot of times organizations struggle in various areas just because they don't have enough intentionality to take a step back and say, how do we break this thing down? They just think that let's plow forward. And, you know, yes, you need to have some energy forward, but you also need a little bit of like thought behind it and and so on. Mm -hmm. So I I want to center my conversation with you a little bit on this whole idea of talent assessment. And and here's what I mean by that. Whether you're a small organization hiring one sales rep because you have one sales headcount or you have a team of 10 or you're a larger company that maybe is onboarding 100 uh, one of the great mysteries of life is how do I know this salesperson will be any good and actually put points on the board? So what are some of the things you have found in your experience doing exactly that? Are some of the tells or, or what are some of the things that you would tell, let's say, an owner of a mid-sized company with five or six sales headcount, a small company? What should they be looking for and, and how do they hire better? Because I hear it from them. They, they end up churning and burning through these people. And they have very little confidence that any of them will ever be any good. 
Correct. So it's a bit of a crapshoot is what I'm hearing you say. And oh, yeah, is, absolutely. That's what we hear, too. So I think I think the biggest problem that occurs is that salespeople are different than anybody else that you hire, right? They have two, a couple of things that nobody else ever confronts. They've got pressure to produce results for the organization in terms of revenue, and they have resistance coming from uh, their, their prospects. They get rejected. Nobody else in the company ever has to face any of that, right? So we have to understand a couple of things about salespeople. Uh, the first one, first and most important, in order to get a very successful person on board, to select a very successful person, there has to be a, there's three areas that we focus on. The first is their willingness to sell. What do I mean by that? They have to have a burning desire to be successful mm. in sales, along with a commitment to doing whatever it takes to be successful in sales, which means they don't stop short of an expectation that you have as, a, as the owner of the company or the manager or the sales manager in the company. They go full bore and they get results accomplished. And they're not excuse makers because excuse makers drive, drive sales managers crazy. Right. So we, we can measure that. We can tell you that. The other thing we want to make sure is that what's between their ears is going to enable them to use whatever selling skills they already have. Okay. So there's a couple of things that consistently get in the way for salespeople. They have a need to be approved of by their prospects. Right. And when they don't, they have this sense that of, and they don't, re, they don't react properly. They don't ask the right questions because they're afraid of getting rejected. Okay. Not, it's not being said no to, it's, a, it's not being liked, which is kind of very different from just being rejected. Right. Right. So it's not a person. It's really the person feels like they're trying to get validation. Right. So you got it. Okay. You got it. And it makes it very hard for them to do anything from, from being effective at hunting, reaching decision makers, uh, selling consultatively, um, qualifying, it gets in the way all over the board. Um, and there's a number of other mindsets like that that are very, very inhibiting for a salesperson if they're weak. So we measure a series of sales. We call them sales DNA. Okay. Right. So you have people that may be in a sales career that really maybe shouldn't be or or shouldn't be in certain kinds of sales roles because also sales has become a very stratified now where people are, you know, inside salespeople. These are hunters for new accounts. These are account managers, you know, just maybe expand a little bit on like the different kinds of people that might fill those different, is it all the same DNA or is it different DNA for different type of sales functions? Yeah, it is. But before I do that, I want to give you an example of how this plays sure. out if I can. So, uh, in the midst of a coaching session I was having with a, a sales individual, um, anything that she had agreed to do, she never did, right? And we were we couldn't create any traction or any move the needle at all with this person. So I went back and looked at her assessment results. She had no desire to be successful in sales. She had no commitment to do whatever it took to be successful. And it was like a light bulb went off in my head. So I, I just wanted to show you how... If you can, if you can actually measure those things ahead of time before you hire someone, it does away with a whole lot of headaches you're going to have moving forward. So, get, getting back to your question, so we have sales people, we've got sales managers, we have sales leaders. All three of those have different uh, requirements necessary to be successful. 
So for salespeople, I just mentioned what some of those criteria mm -hmm. are, along with having strong selling competencies, right? But for a sales manager, they've got to be willing and able to hold their people accountable for results. They have to be effective at coaching their salespeople, which is the bane of my existence when it comes to coaching sales managers, because they are so, it's more like, oh, I don't right. do that. It's <laughs> really funny. Um, but that's actually perhaps like the, the, at least in my experience as well, the sales manager knows how to coach to success is going to be a successful sales manager, but a lot of them don't like the that doing that activity. Like, I'm not going to babysit my sales or these people have 20 years experience. I'm going to just ask them how we're doing and make sure they got what they need. And, you know, it's that kind of hands off. It's almost an ethos in certain sales cultures. Like, you know, everybody should know what they're doing and should be doing it. Well, there's a limiting belief for you, isn't it? <laughs> That's the way I look at it. It's right. a limiting belief that managers have. And most of it comes out of the fact that they really don't know how to do it right. Okay. And so it sounds like, well, I don't want to do that after all. They don't need it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they also need to know how to motivate people uh, because no two people are motivated exactly the same way. Mm. So that's that's what we what we think about as it relates to what's necessary for a sales manager to notice. Oh, and also, can they recruit effectively? Because every company needs to keep hiring on an ongoing basis. When it comes to your sales directors, VPs that at that level, they need to be able to think strategically, right? They need to gain the trust and respect of everybody below them. Um, there's a whole a series of other things that come into play. But we also measure the mindset of those folks, as well as the managers, as well as the salespeople. So there's there's different, different. I'll call them competencies, okay. that each one of those levels must have in place. And fortunately, we have a very scientific means of, of measuring all of those. Uh, it's not, well, let's just do it intuitively or do it by gut. Um, it's very measurable because I what I always say is if you if you can't measure it, you can't fix it. Well, that's interesting because you, you just hit on, I think, where, where a lot of this really, especially for smaller companies in, in the close to 20 years, I've been doing things as a, a strategic consulting for owner-led businesses. And it's the real reliance on gut, like I'll know it when I'll see it, or, or even the other side of it, which is you promote people who maybe were good with customers from the technical side. And there's no real sales training. Maybe we sent them to Sandler for a year, but that was a lot of money and it didn't really do anything. You know, that's, I'm not saying, I'm not being critical of Sandler. I, I'm just simply saying, but that's what I hear. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you help somebody or what would you say to somebody in that smaller company setting? Like I can't hire 10 salespeople a year. I got two and I got to hang on to them because they have all this domain knowledge. That's the other thing. They're very strong belief that no one can learn this business in less than eight years of experience. I hear that all the time. It drives me nuts. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling my eyes. I know, I know I definitely. So I see you, you do. So, you know, what, how, how scientific can I be when I only have two head count and they're already occupied? What do I do now? What, what point is there in assessing them in the first place? Ah, okay. So I'm a firm believer that, not for everybody, but a lot of people can be fixed, so to speak. Okay. Right? So we have to find out if they're fixable. 
So the one of the beauties of uh, the evaluations we do on existing salespeople, not candidates, because we have mm -hmm. that realm as well, um, is to find out just where are their strengths, where are their limitations, and are they things that actually can be addressed? Uh, can they be addressed by putting somebody into a sales training? Can they be addressed by improving the manager's coaching capabilities? Mm -hmm. Or can they simply just learn how to do it via um, a simple course or reading books? But we need to know where are their strengths, where are their limitations, and are they, in fact, if, if there's limitations, how strong are they? Mm -hmm. Are they just a little bit bad or are they really awful? And it's <laughs> going to take forever to fix it. I also, to your to your point about a small company with just a couple of salespeople, and I can't go out and hire 10 people. Um, I personally believe that companies should always be recruiting uh, because then you're stuck. It's like a scarcity mentality. Mm -hmm. You're stuck with two people. They're not producing perhaps at the level that you want them to. But if what you could do without their other salespeople knowing this, of course, mm -hmm. recruit, be recruiting in an effective way, using an effective sales assessment to do that, you might be able to put one more person in place and then it slowly but surely move the, the person who's the, the worst out of your out of your group. So you're yeah. always like top scaling right. on an ongoing basis, yeah. right? Like okay. Top grading. And, and, and um, I guess the 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 related thought to that is is and I, I alluded to it because I hear I just hear it so often it, it again drives me crazy is the belief especially in technical category they do a technical service or they're a manufacturer they make a man, uh, they make a physical product the belief that it takes so long for a good salesperson to be effective so that's why we promoted Harry from engineering because he knows the product so well and that's what our customers really want is somebody with complete you know, domain expertise. How do you how do you advise somebody like who's thinking that way? Ooh, that's a good question because that's a, it's a that's a, a mindset that literally has to be dispelled. Um, if if we focus instead, if if people that were hiring a technical individual focus on what they had accomplished in the past, even if it was a different job, and could see how that might be comparable to what they're going to be doing at your company, this new mm -hmm. company, you're going to see correlations that will will enable you to um, hire hire someone who doesn't necessarily have ten years experience in an industry. Because who can, here's the thing: somebody can have ten years experience and only been effective one year out of the ten. On their resume, they've got ten years. Right, right. right. What have they actually done? So we have to shift how we interview people. For one thing. Get out of the mindset that that that's the only way we can do it uh, is to hire people with with that level of experience. Because I guarantee you, they've hired people with that level of experience that failed. I would say that's probably the predominant history has been failure. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, exactly. it just that's why we're having a conversation. It's funny, but it's is that I say that hasn't been working. Well, <laughs> so yeah, let's so try something else. <laughs> so two, two two questions, really simply, just to give you a little insight here. Two questions that I always want to first of all, I want to develop. A, a list for an organization of, you could call it KPIs, but I like to think of it as performance objectives. Okay. What, do have, what do they have to do mm -hmm. and accomplish in the first year on the job? Once we have that, then we can interview from that. And the two key questions that I always ask to get started is, give me your best example of a sales accomplishment. 
throughout your whole career. Give me your best example. And then I drill down on that. Then I start digging based on the performance objectives that I that I've developed with the company. So in, in our organization, one of the things that you're you're going to have to do is X. Okay. Okay. Give me a comparable, a comparable comparable example of something like that that you've done in the past. Okay. So it's a, it's a process of seeing does this person have the the essentially the exact same thing with a different label on it than what we, need, sure. what we expect them to do here. Now, if an organization has absolutely no infrastructure to train somebody in the technical technical aspects, well, that's a whole other story. But any organization that is trying to be be very current with what's needed and wanted today, and to hire top performers, because all top, hire top performers who may not be in the industry, they have to have some means of onboarding that person and training them. Because uh, one of the, by the way, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit here. No, so it's one, good. One of the things that we can also measure is how fast will an individual ramp up and hit the ground running and start selling. So. We, you can teach technical skills. It's real easy, right? What you can't teach is mindset. What you can't teach is commitment. What you can't teach is the burning desire to succeed. So I'm of the mindset that if you could go after the accomplishments that somebody has achieved in sales mm -hmm. in the past, regardless of their industry, you'll probably be able to find a really good fit to your job, even if they don't have the exact technical skills that you're looking for. Right. So if I'm in a business that requires somewhere in the sales cycle, a technical demo, right? I have to walk people through my machine, my, my Zolotron 9000 or whatever the thing is, right? <laughs> and if I'm hiring somebody that had to do technical demos, albeit in a different product, they know what it takes to how to set the stage, how to walk people through a product. I can actually ask them to tell me stories about your last, how do you, how do you handle technical demos? Now, teaching you my specific machine, well, that's part of your onboarding, to your point. I have to make sure you know that machine so you can effectively demo it. But taking somebody who's never done a demo, he may know the machine, he or she may know the machine, but doesn't know how to get in front of an audience, how to hit the high points, how to ask questions while demoing, all those sales skills. Exactly. That, that could take years to teach somebody that if they don't know it already. So I'd rather start the other way, which I'm, I'm with you on that. Good, good, good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so look, top sales skills. There's a reason why salespeople, I always tell this to owners too. I say, there's a reason why salespeople, good ones, make a lot of money. Because and it's not because people want to, are, are charitable and just want to pay them, you know, overpay them. They pay them because it's a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. To sell well, to sell professionally, to sell at a high level is not easy. And a lot of these other things are much more easily learned skills. So I'm with you on that. Okay. I do want to hit on one thing, though, about passion and mindset. Mm -hmm. So I've been in business X years and I've interviewed tons of people. I kind of can tell when somebody has fire in their belly. I'm pretty I'm a pretty good judge of character. I'm sure you've heard some version of that. Mm -hmm. So why why is you know, doing a Myers-Briggs or what, and I'm not saying that's what you do, but, you know, in my mindset as, as a skeptical owner, we're doing a Myers-Briggs, what's that going to tell me that meeting that person doesn't tell me as soon as I shake hands with them? How do you respond to that? Wow. Well, let's, let's start with the fact that we all, what I would actually say to somebody is, you know, we all have personal biases that are affecting how we're perceiving this individual. So what if you took away all the personal biases 
and had some objective way of knowing if somebody had that you know drive and that grit mm. wouldn't that be more scientific wouldn't that be more accurate because we all have personal biases that actually sometimes take us way off course mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and we don't ever want to hire somebody that we like per se that's not a reason to hire somebody so our, i don't trust my gut when it comes to hiring people i i will include it as a maybe a final check like could i could i have a good conversation with this person you know would it be all right for me to go out to lunch with them but that's not the reason that i'm going to hire them you know i need to i need to to know scientifically do they have that drive do they have that grit you know do they have that i keep driving on commitment but it's so so darn important well that commitment area is really interesting to me because um you know, I've actually been brought into to work with teams at times, and you find that you're talking to sellers that aren't that achievement or money oriented at all. They've gotten comfortable. You know, they're doing all right with the, the book of business they got, and they're never going to drive growth. And, and I've sometimes I tell them, and I said, this person is not going to be your driving engine because you can't, you know, as a 45-year-old professional, you're not going to also give them a personality transplant. Like they are what they are. It's okay. They're not bad people. They just are what they are. <laughs> so, so tell me just a little bit more here, Barb, about, I know you have a set of tools that you've alluded to before. Like, so if somebody were to work with you, how would, would this be like a, a computer-based assessment? I mean, just give me a flavor of what the, how the experience would, would feel like. Yeah. So um, the actual questionnaire that a candidate would fill out or an existing employee would fill out is done online. Mm-hmm. Um, it was developed, uh, and it's very expensive to develop these kinds of things. And it's absolutely not a personality test. And I would help, I would advise anybody who's looking to hire salespeople or measure their existing salespeople to not use a personality test because there's nothing predictive. You cannot predict success through behaviors. Mm. You can predict it through levels of competency and mindset. Um, so, I mean, I think I just wavered off my point. No, um, but it's okay. good. It's, it's so all good. The process? So, the, so, the, so, the, so the process would be they would take this on, assessment online. I then, if I'm, if I'm working very closely with this very small company, I would then work directly with the hiring manager or even the CEO of the company, mm -hmm. review those results with them. Most of these tools are pretty much self-explanatory, but... You know, we all have short attention span theater. That's what I like to say. Sure. It's easy to just gloss over the results and say, oh, this is somebody I should interview. Oh, this is somebody I shouldn't interview. We need to help them to connect the dots. So we don't just throw these assessment tools at a client. Rather, we do a lot of consulting with them to make sure they understand fully what it's telling them about an individual so that they can then incorporate that into the rest of their hiring process, because the rest of it is the interview, background checks, resume, uh, reference checks if they're doing them, uh, what's on their resume. So the, the 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 but the only thing that's scientific is the assessment tool. Yeah, and especially if you're looking at uh, depending on the, the kind of economy we're in, you, you you know it's one thing if you only got three applications come applicants, but if you have thirty three or three hundred and thirty three, how in the world do you start sifting through that? Uh, they blur at the end of the day, even going through 10 interviews, uh, like if you did 10 Zoom interviews, you won't remember by the 10th one what you liked about the third one. Uh, it, it's just way too 
we can't we don't have the capacity to keep to make those discernments in volume so i love the idea of a scientific approach uh, yeah and we do it and we and we always recommend it gets done before you start interviewing people so you eliminate all the folks that don't pass muster okay okay um you do that that first and foremost um so that that's an essential piece of the equation. So you're dealing when you if we're trying to shorten time, down the time to hire, right? It takes way too long, as you just said. So if we can assess people early in the process, then you're spending your time with folks that stand a chance of being the right fit for your job. Okay, that's great. Well, you know, it's funny when you say it out loud. It's like, well, that makes sense. But but you know but it's the opposite of how a lot of people approach it. So it's it's very exciting. So Barb, first of all, thank you so much for stopping by. This has been great. I know you're making available, and we'll have it on our show links. Two gifts for our audience. One is uh, theguide.vip, and the other one is getsalesforcemastery.com. But also, somebody listening to this may say, "Well, I like to talk to Barb sooner than that." So where should they go to make contact with you? Super. So whether whether an organization or an individual is looking for sales assessments to hire, whether they're looking to evaluate their sales team as a whole, sales training that's mapped to the work that we do in terms of assessment, right? You can find me at VIP Chat with Barb. That's easy. VIP that's Chat easy. with Barb. All right. Fantastic. Well, Barb Spector, thank you so much for stopping by. It's been a real pleasure to get to know a little bit about just a slice of what you do. Uh, exciting stuff to find uh, fellow travelers who, you know, who really have dug into this in, in, a, in a deep way. So thanks again for stopping by. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Jose. And you have a fabulous year. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.